0: I, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I, Harry S. Truman. I, Dwight D. Eisenhower. I, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. I, Lyndon Baines Johnson. I, Richard Nixon. I, Jimmy Carter. I, Ronald Reagan. I, George Herbert Walker Bush. I, William Jefferson Clinton. I George Walker Bush. I Barack Hussein Obama do solemnly swear. that I will faithfully execute the office of the presidency of the United States and will to the best of my ability, preserve, protect and defend preserve and protect and defend preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. 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 So help me God So help me God. So help me God. So help me God. So help me God. Today we're going to talk about the life of George Washington. I'm going to start off from the beginning of his life and work my way up. My goal is to help you comprehend this information so that you can share it with your friends and family. Lots of people know who the first president is, but not many people know the full story. I'm your host, Jeremiah Patterson, and this is U.S. Presidents. On February 22, 1732, George Washington was born in Westmoreland, Virginia. He was the eldest of his parents' six children. The family lived on Popes Creek in Westmoreland. Washington's family was delineated as members of Virginia's, quote, middling class, end quote. His grandfather, John Washington, migrated from England to Virginia, so the family held some distinction in England and was granted land by Henry VII. Unfortunately, much of the family's inheritance vanished in England under the Puritan government of Oliver Cromwell. According to History.com, Oliver Cromwell was a political leader in the 17th century England who served as Lord Protector or Head of State of the Commonwealth of England, Scotland, and Ireland for a five-year period until his death in 1658. George Washington's father, Augustine Washington, was an ambitious, sedulous, and studious man. His father obtained land and slaves. He also constructed mills and grew tobacco during a time he had an interest in opening iron mines. He married his first wife, Jane Butler, and they had three children. In 1729, Jane died. Subsequently, he married Mary Ball in 1731. Four years later, Augustine moved the entire family up to, up the Potomac River to another Washington family home. I did not know this, but according to Biography.com, the primary name of this plantation was Little Hunting Creek Plantation. However, it was later renamed Mount Vernon, and I've got a special story about that. Alright, I've been to Mount Vernon before, but I don't recall much because I was just a little kid. Mount Vernon is a very famous place. Presidents have used it for national and international conveniences. For instance, President William McKinley addressed visitors on the East Lawn commemorating the centennial of George Washington's death. President Herbert Hoover, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and his wife Eleanor Roosevelt, President John F. Kennedy, First Lady Rosalind Carter, President George Herbert Walker Bush, First Lady Jackie Kennedy, First Lady Laura Bush, President George W. Bush, and President Donald Trump have also visited Mount Vernon. In retrospect, Mount Vernon is a historically intriguing place and is also the home of our nation's first president. Stick around. You're listening to U.S. Presidents. is known about george washington's childhood but the cherry tree story is definitely a myth what we do know is that from age 7 to 15 washington was homeschooled and studied with the local caretaker later he became an outstanding and studious child he studied feasible math geography latin and english classics he would use that knowledge later on in his life through his acquaintances with woodsman and the plantation supervisor by his early teenage years, Washington had mastered growing tobacco, stock raising, and surveying. At age 11, his father had died. Then he became the ward of his half-brother, Lawrence, which gave him good upbringing. Lawrence had received the family's Little Hunting Creek Plantation and married Annie Fairfax. George was schooled in the finer aspects of the colonial culture. In the year of 1748, when he was 16, Washington traveled with the surveying party Plotting land in Virginia's western territory. The following year, Washington was appointed as the official surveyor of Culpeper County. In July 1752, Washington's older brother, Lawrence, died of tuberculosis, making him the inheritor of the Washington lands. Lawrence's only child, Sarah, died just two months later, and Washington became the head of Virginia's most prominent mansion. Mount Vernon. Georgia excuse me, George Washington was only twenty years old. Throughout his life, Washington would hold farming as one of the most honorable professions as he would wa- as he was most proud of Mount Vernon. He gradually augmented his landings, his land holdings there to about eight thousand acres. Much more ahead. In the early 1750s, France and Britain were at peace. However, the French military had begun watching the Ohio River Valley, protecting the king's land interest, particularly fur trappers and French pioneers. But the borderlands of this particular area was ambiguous and prone to dispute between the two nations. Washington exemplified natural leadership and shortly after Lawrence's death, Virginia's Lieutenant Governor Robert Dinwiddie appointed Washington adjutant with the rank of major in the Virginia militia. On October 31st, 1753, Lieutenant Governor Dinwiddie sent Washington to Fort Boeuf to warn the French to remove themselves from land claimed by Britain. The French politely rejected, and so Washington returned back to Williamsburg. After the French rejected, Williams after the French rejected Washington's caveat, he made an expeditious trip back to Williamsburg, Virginia, and informed Governor Dinwiddie of the news. Governor Dinwiddie sent Washington back to Fort LeBouff, this time with an army of troops. And that's next. <laughs> Thank you. Once they reached the fort, they set up at Great Meadows. Washington's small army attacked a French post, killing the commander and nine others. They had took the remaining remaining survivors and held them as prisoners, or you could say POWs, prisoner, prisoners of war. This was the beginning of the French and Indian War. Though he was a little mortified after being captured, he was grateful to receive thanks from the House of Burgesses and see his name indicated in the London Gazette, an old newspaper. Washington was given the honorable rank of Colonel, which caused him to join the British General Edward Braddock's army in Virginia in 1775. England had created a plan For assault on French forces during the encounter, the French and the Indian, the French and their Indian were astonished Braddock when they attacked him. Braddock was severely wounded and Washington escaped injury with four bullet holes in his garment and two horses shot out of, excuse me, out from under him. Though he fought courageously, he couldn't do much to turn back the route and lead the defeated army back to security. In August 1775, George Washington was appointed commander of all Virginia troops at the age of 23. He was sent to the frontier to patrol and protect nearly 400 miles of border with some 700 non-disciplined colonial troops, and a Virginia colonial legislator reluctant to support him. It was an exasperating assignment. His health failed in the closing months of 1757, then he was sent home with dysentery. Meanwhile, in 1758, Washington returned to work on another expedition, this time to capture Fort Du Quincy. This was a friendly fire incident that transpired. In addition, 14 souls were lost and 26 of Washington's men were wounded. However, the British managed to successfully capture Fort Duquesne and took control of the Ohio River Valley. In December of 1758, Washington retired from his Virginia regiment. His experience during the French and Indian War was merely infuriating and with key determinations created gradually destitute support from the colonial legislator and not well-trained recruits. Seeing this, Washington applied for a commission with the British Army, but was rejected. In 1758, he resigned his command and returned to Mount Vernon disillusioned. That same year, he re-entered politics and was elected to the Virginia House of Burgesses. Stay right there. One month after leaving the Army, George married Martha Dandridge Custis, a widow who was only a few months older than him. Martha brought to the marriage a considerable fortune that included an 18,000-acre estate from which Washington personally obtained 6,000 acres. With this and land inherited for his military service, Washington became one of the wealthiest landowners in Virginia. Martha brought to the marriage her two young children, John and Patsy. Washington lavished great affection on both of them and was devastated when Patsy died before the revolution. John died during the revolution. This, of course, was profoundly pernicious. Following John's death, Martha and Washington adopted two of his children. Washington devoted himself to take the care, to take good care and development of his land holdings, attending the rotation of crops, managing livestock and keeping up with the latest scientific progressions during the 1790s washington held over 300 slaves at mount vernon however he was said to not enjoy the institution of slavery but accepted the fact that it was legal following that he fought in the american revolution and was a commander-in-chief of the continental army on episode one so help me god We left off on the Constitutional Convention, and that's next. On April thirtieth, seventeen eighty nine. George Washington was unanimously elected President of the United States. Still hoping to retire to his beloved Mount Vernon, Washington was once again called to serve his country. He was the only president in U.S. history to be unanimously elected. He took the oath of office at Federal Hall in New York City, which was, at the time, the capital of the United States. Biography.com says, quote, as the first president, Washington was astutely aware that his presidency was set a precedent, excuse me, a precedent for all that would follow. He carefully attended to the responsibilities and duties of his office, remaining vigilant to not emulate any European royal court. To that end, he preferred the title Mr. President instead of more imposing names that were suggested. President Washington formed the first presidential cabinet. His vice president was John Adams, appointing Alexander Hamilton as Secretary of Treasury, Thomas Jefferson as Secretary of State, Henry Knox as Secretary of War, and Edmund Randolph as Attorney General. George Washington's life was met with accomplishments, adulation, devastation, and countless victories. He delivered his farewell address and retired. On December 14, 1799, George Washington passed away at the age of 67. His death was both astonishing and devastating. George Washington was our nation's first president. He was a remarkable person and he was outstanding. He was part of, and he was also involved in planning our country. George Washington could have taken the crown and the United States today would have, been, would have been a monarch. But no, our country is a republic because George Washington did not take the crown. Instead, he took the title Mr. President instead of King Washington. Instead, it was President George Washington. And thenceforth, that started the next roll of America's next 44 presidents. From all the way from President George Washington to President Barack Obama. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode of U.S. Presidents. I'm your host, Jeremiah Patterson.